Good evening and welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by the Freedom's Path Recovery Society. We are not affiliated with any 12-step fellowship, nor do we wish to propose only one solution. We understand how different solutions can greatly increase an individual's chance of survival. We hope to illuminate some of the recovery process by sharing as many human stories as we can. Why, you might ask, to show that we can and do build stable lives from a former state of chaos, desperation, and hopelessness. Our stories become our strength. Please remember that any and all opinions shared and heard are those of the individuals and not a reflection of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other entity. So regardless of how crappy or wonderful our opinions might be to you, they still remain opinions, nothing more. You might hear swearing adult themes and situations, as well as the tragedies humans face and walk through every day. It is not suitable for children unless they are accompanied by a parent or guardian or have the explicit permission of those individuals. Uh, welcome. Uh, tonight's guest is a really good friend of mine, and honestly, I don't get to talk to her very much. So I was talking downstairs before you got here to some guys, and I'm like, this is the best way to get to know your friends. I like, think you. I think you're right. Yeah, because when was the last time that we actually had a coffee? A couple of years. Has it been years? At it least it, it must. At least a year. Yeah, for sure. A, Maybe longer. Yeah. So thanks for having me. Oh yeah, welcome. Thanks for coming. Yeah, Catherine. yeah. It's, I'm excited for this. Right on. Yeah, I, I'm super stoked because I. I mean, and when we do have coffees or whatever, like sometimes there's just all the other distractions, right? And. That's well, like, and I find also that we talk about things that are just like you know the imminent. Um, mm like things that are going on in our life that you know and they really don't they may not be the best way to really just um delve deep into you know a nice mm -hmm. relaxed conversation because we're worried about okay what have you been up to and you can only usually focus on the you know horrific things yeah and isn't that <laughs> crappy eh? like, it is yeah it is so i'm glad you came tonight because i want to hear about all the, the other stuff right? perfect because i think you have an incredible story I, i'm blessed to know you for a while so mm. Um, but that's because I'm old, not you. And, <laughs> of course, uh, guys, I age regress. Oh yeah. Yes, of, of course. course. <laughs> so tell us about yourself. So let's see. I mean, I was thinking about my story today cause it's been, it'll be nine years of, um, sobriety. Um, haven't had a drop of alcohol since, um, January 31st, I guess is my, um, sobriety date 2010 congrats yeah i know it's kind of gone by super fast and like not fast at all mm -hmm. right because i was listening to uh somebody was having a birthday meeting or something and or or i guess because of new year's like every oh this is going to be the greatest year mm -hmm. and yeah. i'm like well fuck i say that every year it's been like that like every year has been a struggle for the past 12 years mm -hmm. in my mind so um, I don't even, I, like, I kind of had a, felt really bittersweet about this new year because I don't really know, um, I don't know really what to do with it. I've been really mm -hmm. trying to practice trying to be present in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about what 2019 is going to bring, I don't really know, right? And I'm, I, get, I guess at that point in my recovery where I'm feeling way more comfortable in the I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really been there forever. So I'm excited about that. But um, I don't think my story, I mean, I don't know, like my story is kind of boring, I think, when I hear some really like 
you know, you know, the real alcoholics. <laughs> those other people. You know, those other people. No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't know many of them. No, actually. no. Um, well, I'm a bona fide alcoholic. I have no doubt in my mind about that. Um, but, you know, my, my story was, is not like, you know, I wasn't in jail. I hadn't, you know, lost my license or got a DUI yet or anything like that. But I think... Everything else on the checklist of the AA 20 question pointer, Mm -hmm. whatever that I choose to take, uh, I, you know, could answer in the affirmative. So um, in my mind, um, and notwithstanding that, I mean, I think and and feel and act like an alcoholic Mm -hmm. until this day. So um, that's why meetings are so important, even though like... I don't know, like I took a couple of years off of recovery. Hmm? Well, well, I don't know off of recovery, but I well, wasn't as diligent otherwise? about going to meetings as mm-hmm. I could have been. Um, what was I doing? Well, I... I'm, what I mean is, did you find like a... Was there like an alternate kind of recovery that you went into? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't drink. I yeah. never felt compelled to drink uh, during that time. And lots of shit was going down in my life. Like I was embroiled in a personal lawsuit. I was getting going through my second divorce. Um, you know, I, my business was failing. So there was lots of reasons to want to drink mm-hmm. uh, for sure. And um, But through all of that, I... Um, <laughs> What was I doing? I was real. I was seeking. I was still seeking, mm-hmm. which is what I think the program of Alcoholics Anonymous really is. It's about, you know, our personal journey and and the hero's hero's journey, right? Mm-hmm. Getting to know why we're here, what we're doing, um, and to fill that hole in the soul that mm-hmm. I think is addiction, um, and that's always resonated with me. So that has kind of um, continued on in a different way through really like tinfoil hat kind of stuff. Mm. <laughs> so I've been, cool. yeah, I've been like hardcore kind of delving into stuff, um, anything related to any sort of disclosure type type topics so that would be kind of like are there extraterrestrials Mm -hmm. um what's the government doing big pharma what's in our food supply um you know and and what is the agenda and how we're all enslaved but Mm -hmm. but through that and kind of before i got there i started to trust and seek the guidance um and input of people who we're more esoteric. So mm-hmm. mediums, um, I see this one woman still regularly who does a lot of work with my higher self. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am a firm believer that we are all souls having a human experience. And through that process, I've learned a lot about my uh, higher self and soul's contracts that I've had with others um, in this lifetime and other lifetimes. And uh, for me... Um, it's really, um, it's really um, furthered my my relationship with my higher power, mm-hmm. and 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 it's helped me kind of identify where and how I fit in this universe. Mm-hmm. So I have been doing stuff. It just hasn't been in the rooms. But I have to say that but recovery exists in a very big arena, right? Yeah, but yeah, not just in those rooms. Totally. And I mean, the the program is amazing. I mean, I, um, you know, it wasn't until I was probably five years sober that I actually 
kind of had a glimmer of understanding of steps six and seven. Mm. And, um, you know, the whole notion of I actually had to change my behavior in order to get a result. Um, and that still is kind of still shocking to me and still something that I keep at the forefront of um, things when I make when I'm making decisions about mm-hmm. where I'm going to go or whatever about anything. Um but that's what I love about this. Like I love the pro, but so when I took a step back from the program, I don't know if it's something common that a lot of people go through, but I just, you know, some might have called it isolating. I think I hibernated for a couple mm-hmm. of years because there was so much shit going on that I mm-hmm. was like, I didn't even know what to do. And at that point I was working in my, in my home. Mm-hmm. I had moved my office into my house and I had no reason to leave. <laughs> and it was quite, it was quite nice for me. Um, but, you know, I, I did have a constant crew of people always in my house. Mm. But then about last, I guess last June or July, I realized that probably I needed I needed to reintegrate back into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. And through the two-year period where I was not in the rooms, I didn't have a sponsor, although maintain, you know, close friends in the fellowship Mm -hmm. anyway, um, with people, but, um, certainly recognized now I made a commitment to myself back in June, June or July of last year to get reintegrated back into the program. Mm -hmm. So now I have, um, a sponsor and I go to, you know, three or four meetings a week and, um, have, I'm sponsoring now. So Mm -hmm. it it feels good, right? It feels to, to kind of round out the, um, like the service aspect, I am mm-hmm. a firm believer of, um, you know, we're here to live the principles of love, forgiveness, and service to others. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I try to live my life. Um, but it's, you know, it's been hard. Yeah. You know, you know it what it's hard. like. Yeah, it is hard. And yeah. I think like what I like about the fact that you went away and came, and came back and, and you didn't really go away because it sounds like you were connected to your friends and stuff like that. And Yeah. And I would go to meetings here and there, yeah. but certainly not in the program. Like yeah. I, I, and I did a lot of other seeking. Like I, I took a trip to Costa Rica and I did, um, four days of ayahuasca. Yeah. Gnarly. So it tell, was, tell us about that. Cause I, I've yet to have anyone on here who can tell us about it. Oh, okay. Um, It was um, quite an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. Um, My um, boyfriend and I went down last, I guess it was October 2017 Mm -hmm. to Costa Rica and we went to this resort. Um, It was a beautiful resort. It's called Rhythmia and it's... um, clean living um but they they had they had it structured so that uh the ayahuasca ceremonies were monday tuesday wednesday thursday so i'm like for somebody who's gone like cold turkey for many mm. you know other than smoking cigarettes to this i was scared shitless right no because doubt. i'm like i don't know what's going on <laughs> yeah. and what to expect and you know but, yeah. but it was part of the seeking right it was part mm. of me wanting to expand my consciousness like mm. learning about um, all the, some of the misinformation we have had about natural, um, um, drugs, let's say, mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, ayahuasca is a drug, it's plant medicine, right? It's a substance, um, yeah. you know, it's, and it's, it's mood and mind altering and mm-hmm. consciousness altering, right? So, you know, but for me, it's become more, it was be, uh, about the intention of why I was doing it, right? Mm. I, I think before, you know, when I was, you know, my teenage years and doing mushrooms, not that I was, I wasn't um, into drugs at all heavily. In fact, I've never even seen cocaine or mm. anything like that. My my drug of choice was alcohol. So 
when I was, I, I was kind of concerned about it myself because I didn't really know what that meant. But for me, I've realized that it is about my intentions, right? Mm-hmm. And what I loved about the experience with ayahuasca is, um, you know, it's a plant-based medicine and it's done under the supervision um, with shamans. Mm-hmm. Like they're, you know, it's a, a different medical doctor, in my opinion. And, sure. and it was ceremonial uh, in all instances. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty amazing like I um I think one of the one of the guiding principles of the ceremonies was you know if you can stand up you should probably take another shot because you you it's a it's a beautiful ceremony the shamans lay out and we all set out an intention about what it is we want to mother ayahuasca to teach us during Mm -hmm. during the ceremonies and you can have um different experiences four different experiences you can have like a a a nada which is absolutely have nothing happen to you um or you can have a um kind of like a body like um body experience where you're feeling like the purging Mm -hmm. right the yawning or the vomiting or whatever purging um and then you can you can actually leave your body and and have a like a psychedelic kind Mm -hmm. of experience as well and there was a fourth one as well but i can't eludes me right now maybe we'll come back um so you set your intentions for what it is you want and you know for everybody it's different i don't think anybody can say that can describe the to to give the experience any justice because everybody has such a personalized experience for Mm. what they're going to what they're going to feel but I think what happened for me when the first night that I did it was um I went out to space and which was really cool because you know I was seeing all these fractals and definitely hallucinating so I was seeing all these fractals and colors and it was beautiful Mm. and it was a very good good experience but you know I had these moments where I was like definitely like out of body in Mm -hmm. space and um but I had been doing a lot of seeking around that right like Mm -hmm. I documentaries and uh, articles and um programs on um on like other dimensions um other realities other beings Mm -hmm. other planets all of this stuff and so for what it did for me that first experience was it just kind of confirmed that I, you know, I was on the right path for me, right? Because a lot of what I what I learn, like what I'm learning about, requires a lot of discernment, mm-hmm. like because it could all be bullshit, yeah. right? So for me, a lot of it is how does it make me feel, mm-hmm. and what is the feeling that I'm getting from the person that's telling me whatever it is they're telling me, yeah. you know. Um, or whatever their story is. And so so that was neat. And then the rest of the ceremonies, uh, the rest of the days, I, I didn't overindulge in it. Like I, mm-hmm. I was fine with having one, uh, I think there was uh, two or three nights that I had two shots. And I could certainly get up and do another one if I wanted to, but I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, a, a big, one of the things that I was afraid of was the purging. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to experience that because I don't like that because it sucks it sucks yeah and i did i did purge on two occasions mm. but it wasn't um you know it wasn't as bad as i thought it was and you know i had gone down there to costa rica and i was like oh yeah i'm gonna become a shaman <laughs> you know i'm gonna like take it all in and i'm just gonna become a shaman and bring it back to calgary and everybody's gonna do it right <laughs> and um because <laughs> that's very alcoholic right i'll open up my own shamanic you know institute and do ayahuasca yeah and so, um, but that didn't happen. <laughs> Is it a legal substance in Canada? Uh, it's not legal. 
not legal? It's from oh, okay. from what I understand, it's yeah. not legal. I I understand that there's there are ceremonies. In I Canada. thought there was, yeah, and in the and in the United States too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and um, but I I don't know I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I realized too that it wasn't it was a it was a cool experience. Mm -hmm. Would I do it again? Maybe. Yeah. Um, do I have a burning desire to do it again? No. Mm -hmm. But it was really, it was a really neat experience, right? To and especially the ceremony part about it, like mm -hmm. it really was, um, it was really cool. Yeah. To be in that group and just to have that like common, um, everybody just wants to know, right? Yeah. Like we all just want to know what what is going what's on. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> totally. You know, whether it's about you or about me or whatever, mm -hmm. right? We just want to know. So, what was it like sharing with other people? Because it was because the ceremonies, like from my understanding, is there's you're all together. Yeah, we're in right? this room. We're in a room. Everybody has their own single mattress mm, okay. on the floor. There was probably about fifty people, maybe oh, more. Wow. Um, they had, we had our like a bucket, a mattress, a blanket, and a roll of toilet paper. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you might need all of those things at once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know what? It was such a. It was fine. I mean, having all the people around. Um, was kind of comforting, I think, was right? Um, yeah, like I didn't definitely didn't feel alone. Mm -hmm. um, and and the the ceremony takes place over many hours. And so like the last ceremony where they they changed up the the because every dose of ayahuasca is different, right? because it's depending on the blend of the two plants and mm -hmm. and the plant medicine and all that. So the last night was supposed to be like this super dose of ayahuasca mm -hmm. and which was scaring the shit out of me. And uh, which I only did one, one shot of that just because of it. But before they do it, they actually, um, they blow this, the shaman will blow this, it's called rape mm -hmm. up your nose. And it's like a, I understand it, like some sort of like a tobacco kind of thing mm -hmm. to open up your, uh, um, pathways sinuses? like pineal and sinuses oh, okay. and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. So they shoot this up your nose. So you're like, your eyes are watering and it's like kind of crazy. <laughs> and, um, and then at one point I'm like lying on my, I'm like, have, have this ayahuasca. I'm not feeling very well. I'm kind of like trying to sleep actually. Um, but there's always music going on. And then I wake up and, um, and Carlos, one of the shaman's helpers is like spitting in my face. And it was like, it was the it was funny because it, I don't know if he was seeing demons around me or what it was part mm -hmm. of the ceremonial process. But I woke up, it was like, and then Mike and I um, um, participated in this like um, shim, this circle, um, and we call it the Colombian car wash. <clears throat> because there was like palm leaves being shaken at our heads and people spitting in our faces, and it wow. just felt it was like it was super intense. Mm -hmm. Um, but because it was, this is happening while you're taking have taken the ayahuasca. Yeah. 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 So it's so. not like you're just like sitting there normal and people are just spitting in your face or whatever. No, no, no. Yeah. You've taken the ayahuasca and there's a ceremony and they're, you know, they're mm -hmm. doing their things and I mean, there's so many people. So, was, you know, everybody was that had part of the ceremony about like the, the leaves and the, you know what? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it was, I think mostly, you know, about honoring mother ayahuasca mm -hmm. and about, um, really, I think, I think what it's about, um, what resonates for me anyway, is, is to allow for whatever, whatever your intention is to be realized, mm -hmm. 
right? So to get the answers, to give thanks, right? Mm -hmm. um, gratitude. Um, and then to and then to realize what it is you're there to uncover, mm -hmm. right? And I think some people go there and they think like I didn't know what I wanted to. Well, like one night I was like I really would like to focus on patience, mm -hmm. and that night was excruciatingly difficult for me to get through because there was this one shaman helper lady who was singing and her voice was extremely, extremely irritating. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted, like it was crazy irritating. But I had asked for patience oh terrible <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you got to be careful what you wish for right yeah you do yeah but i mean and that was low-key i mean some yeah. people were having like full out you know like seeing like i've heard some people you know they see snakes they see whatever right and i mean i didn't have that ex in fact i mean i'm really deathly afraid of snakes but um, Mike was lying beside me. We had just in the first night and we had taken, and I was seeing all these beautiful fractals and and um, kind of like super groovy, and it was really enjoyable. And then I looked beside me, and the way his um, blanket was positioned, it was like this giant white snake head oh. looking at me. But it looked like the Cheshire cat, yeah, like really friendly, right? So I was just like, okay, well, I'm really like I'm high. This is not for real. <laughs> <laughs> this is a space cat. <laughs> this is a space cat. We'll call it a space cat. <laughs> so it was, um, yeah, anyway, so I was able to talk myself out of that, right? Like, and I could appreciate, but I don't know why, why it was there or whatever, maybe because I was afraid of it. And, mm -hmm. but anyway, I got through it. And, and for me, all the experiences were pleasant. And a lot of people have had like epiphanies, right? Mm -hmm. they, their lives are changed because of their yeah. expanded consciousness, I yeah. guess. Right. Yeah. I was going to ask, is there something like that that happened for you? Like when you left, was there something that still is with you from that process? You know what? That's a really good question. I, I think, I think as with anything, all of my recovery, it hasn't been like a burning bush, mm -hmm. um, some event that's, that's ever resonated with me. Mm -hmm. It's been kind of the slow burn kind of learn from my experience and reflect on the outside. So, um, I, I, um, yeah, no, it didn't, it didn't change a lot. Like, I, I think it, it answered some questions for me. I mean, it, it made me, um, believe further in what I was studying and looking into. Mm -hmm. Um, it solidified that for me. Um, and, I, but, and, and I still have a tremendous respect for it. Mm -hmm. And, but otherwise, no, like it, it didn't change too much, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, and who's to say, right? I mean, like like I really try to incorporate prayer or meditation and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm talking to friends, I'm going to meetings, doing all these things and slowly my life starts start shifting. So mm -hmm. what is it really? Yeah. Combination it, of things. It's probably. a combination of everything, yeah. right? I wish I, I wish I could pinpoint it. Mm -hmm. I think if I were to pinpoint anything... Um, it would just have to be the power of prayer. Mm -hmm. I think, I think bar none, I, I think I've had the best results in the last 10 years through prayer. Yeah. And what, what's your, so how does prayer work for you? It's a shifting of my, of my belief system. Like mm -hmm. something shifts inside of me, right? Mm -hmm. I see things differently. 
And that's how I've learned to, uh, that's what, um, you know, the old timers have said in the rooms and that's how I've experienced it Mm -hmm. myself. So if I'm stuck on something, um, you know, praying for the willingness to be willing or praying for whatever that person, um, over a period of time, it it seems to work. I seem to have a shift and Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know what that is. And I don't really care actually, because I think that it's so amazing when it happens Mm -hmm. when you can have like when you can you when I can detach from something like my getting over my um last relationship you know how difficult that was Mm -hmm. um you know and the kind of struggle that I had with that with that relationship well I mean it was very much an addiction Mm -hmm. and um you know so while I wasn't drinking you know I'd had all these you know fun experiences you know dealing with addiction still and feeling kind of like active in it because I was still doing the same shit over and over again yeah and so when I got out of that relationship you know it catapulted me out of it and I needed it and I, I you know that year was quite transformative for me because I um, even though nothing of what happened should have come as a surprise to me mm-hmm. It completely devastated me. Mm-hmm. I'd never felt that level of um, of betrayal before, and um, and so, but I don't know. Like that's how I learn. I don't learn through your your experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish I could. Like not to, not not that I'd wish that on anybody, but mm-hmm. I don't learn that way. And. Uh, you know, I'd like to think that maybe I'm starting to get those skills where I can go, okay, well, actually, yeah. this is what this person went through and it didn't work so well for them. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I don't tend to do that. I'm like a moth to a flame and just go right for it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, but that, that had a huge impact on, on my recovery, I think. Yeah. And I'm still, I think, processing it. Yeah. And so I think I'm processing that. And, you know, I kind of joke about this from time to time about thinking like, yeah, I think I have PTSD, you know, like I've, I've gone through losing my, my job, like not my job, but my, the company that I was, had worked so hard for, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of disintegrated over a few years. And I'm working with, you know, an, another company now and uh, still doing what I was doing, but not on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I lost that. And then I lost the re- loss. I'm doing air quotes right now, <laughs> lost the relationship, which was actually the best thing that could have happened to me. Mm-hmm. Right. But, um, and then, um, you know, so I just look at all of those experiences and as devastating as they were and as, you know, I'm still going through the processing of them. They were, you know, you know what it's like. The pain is the touchstone for change and mm. the best thing that could happen. Yeah, it sure can be. Yeah, right? I think so. Well, I think yeah. so, right? If it's, you know, right now I have this attitude, like if it's happening right now, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like there's something, there's something to be learned from it, mm-hmm. either it's... um it's a learning opportunity or like, you know, it's, it's happening. So we like, don't try not to resist it. Mm -hmm. I think that's the key though, right? Is like just accepting it and and rolling with that and turning into it, whatever it might be. Right. Totally. Totally. Because I mean, well, if it's happening, it's happening for a reason, right? You know, I was talking to somebody today and, you know, she was concerned, you know, I wish I had done this. And I said, yeah, but it doesn't really matter. Like, because it's, it's unfolded exactly how it should, mm-hmm. right? And you're making the decisions now based on the information that you have now. Mm-hmm. And that's all we can ask for. And I think where I get stuck in my recovery or when I'm 
not in a place of serenity is where I am, you know, it's truly when I cannot, when I'm not in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And so there's still lots of shit in my life right now that I can be fearful of if I, if I want, right? Mm -hmm. Like my, I still have to work out my, my finances and blah, blah, blah. And I, I, if I, if I spend too much time in the future, Mm -hmm. I can freak the shit out of myself. And get into a place of, of depression really, really quick. Yeah. And, um, but luckily, you know, I have the program and really what it comes down to it, whether it's the, whether it's AA, whether it's whatever religion, whether, whatever spiritual teaching, it's all the same shit. Mm-hmm. It all says the same stuff, right? Mm-hmm. In my opinion, like it's all about love, forgiveness, acceptance mm-hmm. and service. Yeah. So, you know, so that's why, I, I, I don't know, I have a different, um, I just have a different um, appreciation for it. And I, and I think what I'm learning, you know, whether it's, you know, with Buddhism or if it's through um, um, suppressed technologies or what the government is doing or not doing or, um, it all comes back to the same core principles around love and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that that just it provides me a tremendous amount of comfort. Yeah, these days more than it ever has. And so for that, I'm you know I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, it has been a kind of a crazy journey when I actually say it out loud. Yeah, right. It's pretty <laughs> cool though. I mean, the truth is we tend to get used to our own story anyway. Well, yeah. Like right? I mean, my story when I decided to get sober, I don't think is any different than anybody else's story, right? We just get sick and tired of our own shit, mm-hmm. and it gets it hurts so bad. Like I wanted to kill myself, and I didn't know <coughs> I didn't even know that alcohol was a problem in my life. Like it was such a something. It was just such so part of what I did every day that, um, but you know, when I look back at pictures, when I look gray and green and, you know, and I'm, you know, struggling to care for my two-year-old at the time, it was, it was really scary. And, you know, even, even being a year sober in the program, like, um, I was still batshit crazy, Mm. you know, and then, you know, went to recovery, went into treatment after a year of being sober because mm-hmm. you know I hadn't had a drop of alcohol, but I was still batshit crazy, mm-hmm. um, and and I couldn't function. So yeah. it, you know the program is not about like for AA for me it's not has hasn't been about the not drinking. It's about how to how do I live, and you know I I really feel like we've been fed a bunch of bullshit mm-hmm. from so many different places institutions. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's been a lot of what I've uncovered as well. Like at one point I had a say no to bullshit website and, mm-hmm. um, I've kind of like simmered, like I'm not quite on my soapbox any as much anymore. And I'm mm-hmm. kind of happy with that. I like to kind of sit back and observe more yeah. than I have ever in my life. Yeah. Oh, well, that's kind of nice. That kind of feels good. Yeah. Are you able to learn more that way? I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And so, and I, I like, I like, um, yeah, it's just, it's even though the world can be a very depressing place and the stuff that I learn is really depressing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the other thing that I've learned this past year has has been that we have a choice. Mm. I have a choice in terms of how I live my life and how I look at things. And we were talking earlier about me quitting smoking and it's mm-hmm. been five days. And, you know, I really, I feel like for once, like I feel like I'm able to um, have some some control over my reaction mm-hmm. because I'm able to say, okay, well, this is just a feeling I want to, I'm freaking out right now, or I, I know that this is my, the withdrawal from nicotine and I want to, you know, really throttle someone or rip somebody, you know, and I, yeah, Darcy, exactly. Darcy knows full, full <laughs> and, um, but I'm able to talk myself off the ledge and it's kind of the strange, like really adult mature thing mm-hmm. that I'm surprised at sometimes. Doesn't it feel weird when you notice how much of an adult you are? Yeah, totally. That sucks. It does. I know. <laughs> but it is it feels kind of good too, right? For sure. Like when you know better, you do better, all that stuff. I'm totally. like, ignorance is fucking bliss. Like, yeah. holy shit. But there can be a lot it of sure is. you know, it is. <laughs> like I look around and I'm like, wow, I wish I could do that and just think that and just go la 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 la. Mm. And it so it's yeah. It's not every day is what I do. I feel that that mm. hopeful, but um, more often I feel ho- hopeful mm. than before. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Right. Like that's quite an awesome shift. I think so. You know, even though you're processing the loss of the relationship and the business and stuff like that, I'm sorry about your business. Really? Yeah. Am. You know. I'd say I'm sorry about the loss of the relationship, but I'm not sorry about the loss of the relationship. <laughs> Neither am I. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're in a nice, healthy one and one that you're happy in. Yeah. Right? Like. Yeah. Thanks, David. And I, I really feel mm-hmm. that way too. I, I think a lot of people feel that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. I bet they do. Anyone who likes you, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 It was, um, you know, it was that, that felt like it was on a soul level. Mm-hmm. And I really, the, when I went to a soul clearer about that, I spent many sessions with her trying to understand that. I mean, at the end of the day, um, it was all about, I just didn't love myself mm-hmm. enough. Right. And why do we do anything? Why do, why are we addicted to more of anything? Mm-hmm. Whether it's, whether it's more pain or whatever, it's because we don't love ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's still a day, a, a, a daily objective is mm-hmm. to like, how, how am I going to deal with this situation, this new relationship differently? Mm-hmm. How am I going to show up differently? And, and I could see old patterns coming like, mm-hmm. uh, like, like, like a train wreck. And, um, you know, my MO was like, okay, well, I don't like how I'm being treated. So you can fuck off and leave me alone. And mm-hmm. I really felt like as much as I hate this analogy, cause I hate snakes, but I felt like a snake in a corner trapped. Mm-hmm. I'll do it myself. And so that was, you know, the fight or flight response all the time yeah. and mostly fleeing. And which is actually, I'm learning the actually opposite of what I really wanted mm-hmm. <laughs> in that relationship. I wanted love and I wanted... I wanted to feel special and mm. I wanted, I, I, I wanted to feel that. But what happened, I guess, the reason why I got back into the program last year was because it kind of freaked me out where, you know, I was looking, you know, and I am in this great relationship right now. And, um, but I was looking still, and I still find myself to this day doing this to him for my own personal happiness. Mm. 
And that scares the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. It really does, right? Because I I don't want to I don't want to look to anybody else mm-hmm. f- for that or anything else, right? I I want to be able to I fu- I finally understand what it what it means to be, you know, to find God within or find mm-hmm. my higher power within. And so I thought, well, I have to, like, I have to just start surrounding myself, like surround yourself with people who are doing, doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so AA is awesome because it's like free and, <laughs> um, you know, word, you know, it's awesome. <laughs> and, but the, the, the breadth and the, the amount of, good role modeling and advice mm-hmm. in the program is like it's all there if you want it oh yeah totally i mean we can go yeah. to the you know those you know we all know those meetings that aren't you know won't resonate or whatever but mm-hmm. you know if you want good recovery it's there if you yeah. want it and the meetings that don't resonate for us might really resonate for someone else exactly yeah. and i think it depends on where you are yeah. in your recovery and i think aa can be good for people for the rest of their lives. Yeah. You don't have to go out on the journey that I went on in order mm-hmm. to find find anything, right? No. Because it is really from within. Yeah. But um but I don't know. Like I What's well, me one of the upsides of AA is like the fact that it's open like that. Like yeah. the fact that it encourages you to be honest and first of all be honest, but also to figure out who you are and accept that person. Right? Yeah like being comfortable in our own skin. For me, that started when I came into the rooms, right? That starting to find some comfort. Well, yeah, because you can, I mean, you're, you don't feel alone anymore. No. I mean, you're, you ought not to, right? You don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah. And, you know, I was in a meeting the other day and what I liked about, you know, it, it, it nothing, we still have to do the work. Mm-hmm. Like we still, it's still my responsibility to find the people where the recover find the recovery mm-hmm. that is good yeah. right it's it's up to me still so i and it's up to me to insert myself into the fellowship mm-hmm. because i could i can still be on the on the outskirts of the of the meetings yeah. and not participate and not get anything out of it like mm-hmm. think i am but not yeah. right or not get a sponsor or whatever it is or not mm-hmm. sponsor or or what or chair or whatever it is whatever your service looks like mm-hmm. you know i could choose not to do that but um i do have a responsibility to do that so you know really i would really get pissed off and and i still kind of do when you know when people talk people who don't know you know mainstream or whatever and talk about how the program does not work yeah and that you know it's just it does work it Mm -hmm. it does work you just have to have the willingness Mm -hmm. and so i have a different appreciation for that like i was saying kind of earlier about the willingness like as long as i have the willingness to choose how i'm going to react to a feeling that i'm having quitting smoking for instance Mm -hmm. i i can i can really do anything Mm -hmm. i'm and it's quite powerful right it's very powerful and um i think that's something people forget and they might miss when it comes to taking accountability for your life is they might not understand how powerful it is. 
Well, it is. I mean, yeah. the whole the whole thing, and you know, the other stuff. You know, I'm learning about you know manifesting. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, it's not only just the law of attraction. It's not only like putting out the intention that you're going to have a bank load of you know dough roll into yeah. your life. It's not about that. It's about uncovering the truth of who you are, yeah. and it's about the feeling. For me, anyway, it's about the feeling associated with what I'm talking about. So I can say all all day long that I want, oh, I want to find love, or I want whatever, I want this job. But if I still, at the end of the day, really feel like a piece of shit about it, and I don't feel worthy mm-hmm. of any of that, I'm not going to get what it is that I'm stating I want. Mm-hmm. I don't believe anyway, because I think the lesson is learned in the feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And being vulnerable and trying, right? Like that, like what you're describing is that, that like almost um, paralysis that happens for some of us when we really want something, but we're too busy focused on the thing we want and we're ignoring the process to get the thing, right? We're ignoring the process or just being completely selfish around it. Like I remember um, before in 2016, I was trying to get rid of my house and buy a new house and get remortgaged and blah, blah, blah. And um, it wasn't going well and I got declined. And for whatever reason, there was lots of other shit going on. Um, And I was really mad. I was Mm -hmm. super mad because I wanted this, I wanted this, I wanted this, right? And so I was like, I was like, fuck the universe. Like I have, you know, I was like, what else? Like, why not? Like, why not me? Right. Like why? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's so true that, you know, I was, that was the, that declining of the mortgage or the sale of my house and Mm -hmm. all that stuff was the best thing actually that happened because um, literally three months later, I found out that my then husband was cheating on me Mm -hmm. and I would have been stuck with this house. (laughs) <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, that I wouldn't have been able to afford and yeah. it would have been so much worse. Yeah. So, you know, I look at that and I'm like, holy shit. And I, I, and I look at all of that, all of those things that are happening mm-hmm. in my life in, in, I really, and I think how grateful am I that I, I just have what I have and that, life is going to unfold as it's going to unfold and mm-hmm. to have that acceptance around it because I never had that before. Yeah. And, and really, you know, I don't always like it, but, yeah. um, but I need, I need to surrender to it. Like mm-hmm. I had, you know, in my seeking as well, you know, I really had a different appreciation for surrender as well. Like, and it, it goes along with the sh- acknowledging the shadow self that mm-hmm. I have. Um, so surrender, how, how I understood it always was, you know, like, yes, you turn it over, right? You, mm-hmm. But what does that mean, right? And and so for me, it was like, if I know the beginning, middle, and end of something, then it's probably, I'm not probably surrendering it, right? Yeah. I'm probably trying to do my will somewhere mm-hmm. in there. But it's also, for me, it's the surrender of, okay, well, this shit could go sideways for me, and I got to be okay with it. Yeah. Like, like this <laughs> yeah. shit, like it's, surrendering it is, is a full like, okay, well, yeah, it's for the highest good of all involved. And okay, that might be that you don't like what happens to you. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that's a profound understanding when a person gets there. Yeah. When you realize that faith is not about getting what you want. No. It's about being okay with not getting what you want. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And the gift in that. Yeah. Because there's always a gift in it. And holy shit, like, it's just, 
yeah, I just, the, the gratitude that I have for the fact that I don't drink anymore and that I wasn't introduced to this program and that I have like mm-hmm. friends like yourself, like that I don't have to talk to in for years, it would yeah. seem, but still <laughs> <laughs> picking up where we left off, yeah. right? And, and not feeling at all uncomfortable around it, but just yeah. accept and knowing that we're all busy and we all have shit going on. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, but you know, it, it's just been such an, a, an amazing journey. Mm-hmm. I bet. Yeah. Like you've got some good friends in the program too. Yeah, I do. And you know, we're all sober still. Yeah. And, um, almost all of my friends are in the program. Like, um, you know, and what's so cool about this new relationship that I have now is that he's not in the program, but super interested in it. Like comes to tons of open meetings with me Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, looking at checking out Alan on, and I'm like, well, you know, you are living with an alcoholic, like, yeah, you might want to do that. It's not a bad idea. Exactly. Like, yeah. and it's kind of like the advice that I give to people around prayer. Like, I can, mm-hmm. I can't guarantee very much in life or nothing, in fact, but I can guarantee that nothing bad will happen to you by virtue of you praying. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, because it's all context too, yeah. right? And so, yeah, it's been it's been quite interesting. And and the other things that I'm learning are and appreciating are. You know, it's the attachment of, like, there's nothing good or bad that happens. It's what, mm-hmm. it's our attachment to it, right? It's our judgment of something, mm-hmm. right? Because usually I, that's based on how it impacts us. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, you do a lot of work like that mm-hmm. as a, a, in your, in your profession as a social worker, right? Yeah. Like, and, and helping people understand that. But, you know, for me, it's just been through the, you know, for whatever reason, I just feel so blessed that I'm, you know, no matter how hard it's been, like I've, I feel like I've learned a lot and I've changed a lot. Mm-hmm. So, but still, still the same too, yeah. right? It's, well, your core is you. Yeah. But right? don't you, I mean, I don't know if you, if this resonates with you, but you know, like there were times where I was like, I was so my identity was so wrapped up in being an alcoholic, oh, right? God, or, yeah. Yeah. or what would it, what does it mean? Like in, you know, you know, people say the donut and the whole expression in the rooms. And I'm like, yeah, like what, I, like, what does that mean to surrender? Because if I surrender who I am, like, who am I? Right. But it's mm-hmm. not like, it's just like that I can see it differently now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not attached to drinking is not who I am anymore, mm. right? It doesn't have to be my story if I don't want it. Yeah. But I had a different appreciation for addiction too. It's just like, well, don't we all have this at some level? Like, don't we all have the capacity to be willing to make a decision about whether or not we pick up, whether or mm-hmm. not we we use, whether or not we, you know, like we I think all- deep down we probably do, yeah. Yeah, right? Probably. Yeah, I mean, not not that I discount that it's a disease not. or yeah. anything like that and the chemical uh, reaction, you know, reactions and, you know, the physical um, effects well, to us. But not everybody who starts drinking is an alcoholic. No. Right? You can, they can, I, I know people who can drink their way into it. Yeah. Because that's what they did. And I think that's what I did. You might have. I might have too, right? Yeah. Well, when I look back on it, like I remember when I changed from the cucumber to the pickle, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I remember my drinking changed distinctively, right? That's what we tell each. That's what we tell ourselves. Once you become a pickle, you can't go back to a cucumber. And you most can't of us unpickle became, yourself. Yeah, you can't unpickle your shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. Seems seems to make sense, right? There's nothing wrong with pickles. <laughs> we it comes from being pickled, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if you knew the connection, so I was... I didn't, but I get it. Okay, you get now it. you do because we over-explained it, yes. which is what I do. And you're welcome, Darcy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, but I think that's what I did. Like, And I think... But I, you know what? I don't ever want to try to drink casually. Yeah. I just don't. What's I mean, the point? Exactly. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense for me anymore. And yeah. I'm grateful for that. Because it is a, it, it really is a poison. It was, a, it was a solution, and um, it's just not where I want to go. Now I go to okay. Well, what is this going to teach me? What am I going to learn from mm-hmm. this? Why don't I sit and do nothing? And maybe that is the best course of action. I, you know what I find, and I'm glad that you recognize that that's an important thing to do. Sometimes is sit and do nothing. Yeah, man, people are so hell bent on doing something. Yeah. And even though they, they don't, we don't realize that sitting and doing nothing, if that goes contrary to your normal beliefs, that's a huge thing you're doing. It really is. Like a huge thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, you know, I feel like I've been, you know, had my fingers in, in everything and anything and had so many ideas and wanted to do, do this and that. I mean, you and I have tried to do some stuff together. Totally. And, um, for whatever reason, like it's never taken off mm-hmm. the way that I wanted it to. Nor I. And, but I'm like, okay, well, that's okay, I guess, because mm-hmm. this is what's happened, right? 100%. I mean, what else can you do with that? I, I think we both go into those encounters thinking, <coughs> okay, we hope, we hope for something. Yeah. But then if it doesn't happen, it's okay. Yeah. yeah right. And yeah. I think when, I think if something is supposed to happen, it happens. Yep. I agree. Yeah. And it should be fairly simple. Like, it, you know, not that you're not doing anything, not that we're not putting in effort, but mm-hmm. it shouldn't be a forced situation, right? That's what I was, that's what I'm thinking. Like, it doesn't have, if it's forced, if we have to force it, it's probably not a good idea. Exactly. Or it's right? not the right time yeah, or, just, or yeah. whatever, right? Like, I'm still trying to write that book. Yeah. <laughs> like, how long has that been? Three years. And I have to say that I, uh, like it's changed mm-hmm. for me, the content of it, and it yeah. ha- has, right? Yeah. And I have the, like, I want it to be about responsibility and I mm-hmm. want it to be about responsibility and divorce. And because I'm a family law lawyer and I see this all too so often in my practice. And um, and I, I really, I just feel so connected to my clients, like mm-hmm. having gone through my own two divorces and, um, one with kids and one without kids. And I, I've learned a tremendous amount from my clients, mm-hmm. right? Cause I would give them this information and advice and I was like, okay, well I can't be an asshole and not take my own advice. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I could, but I mean, but it might be good advice. It might be good advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I think you probably have some like experience and wisdom to like share with people. Yeah. You might be one of those people that could benefit. Yeah. So, so, you know, unbeknownst to my clients, they've tr- helped me tremendously. Right. Mm. Cause it's been a, my own, like, like, and, and then I, you know, because my, my career has been, my job is can be very stressful given the content and the emotional, upheaval of going on in everybody's life and where they're at you know i i started trying to look at okay well i can but i can bring service into my job right Mm -hmm. yeah i get paid for what i do but i can still approach it differently right and and so a lot of the things that i prefer to do now is you know really ask ask people like do you want to be right or do you want to be happy Mm -hmm. and um what an important question yeah, I can imagine how important that would be in in the like the circumstances of divorce. 
It, it is. What it, a powerful it, question. But it, it, but it applies on so many other areas, so many, right? Yeah. Like what, in your career, in any career, with family, mm-hmm. with, it, with any relationship, you know, in any relationship, do yeah. you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And yeah. that's where I got to, um, you know, with my personal uh, litigation that was going on, which has settled, um, you know, I had to ask myself, do I want to be right or do I want Because I know, I know <coughs> what's right for me in my mm-hmm. heart. Yeah. Right. And I don't need just because everybody around me doesn't get it mm-hmm. or didn't get it or the other person, the other um, party didn't get it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that that's OK. Like, I don't need them to get it in order for mm-hmm. me to have closure around it. Mm-hmm. And um, and likewise, in a relationship, when you're leaving, like the other thing that when you're leaving a relationship, a lot of people just look at the um how horrible it is but Mm. it's such an opportunity and yeah it's sad it is sad and all of those things that we are taught that we are like you know that marriage has to happen that it's forever the blah 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 you know like the construct of marriage in my mind is is a control system really Uh, and, and meant to make us feel like absolute shit about and shame about wanting to make a different decision in a relationship Mm -hmm. right because you know i don't think anybody intends on being in any relationship just you know that we want to be with people for a long time like Mm -hmm. i mean there are certainly different people different relationships where you know there's different structures but for the mostly mainstream you know culture western culture it's we've bought into this idea of marriage Mm -hmm. and i know for myself when with my first divorce um, I had tremendous shame about getting divorced mm-hmm. and that kept me in a, in that relationship probably four years longer than it should have. Yeah. And so anyway, so th- like the book that I'm trying to write is, is about that. And it's about my experience through recovery, through, uh, life, um, about how, how really, how, if we can accept responsibility for our own part in the relationship, we experience humility and so through that humility we tend to you know not point as many fingers mm-hmm. away from us and 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 it's really the, the tremendous it has been in my life whenever i've taken responsibility for my own shit um nothing but good stuff has come from it mm-hmm. like whether it's the relief of actually admitting it Right, which is a which is a lot in its own. Yeah, yeah. To action around it, like writing yeah. writing a wrong if there is one, mm-hmm. or or just acknowledging it because it's just so powerful. And so I want to bring that, and I learned that in recovery. Like mm-hmm. I started to learn that in the program, and I know we were working on it together. And we should probably collaborate a little bit more because I need a kick mm-hmm. in the ass. And every everything I've gone to around around this, like my you know my outside healers mm-hmm. um have all said you need you need to finish it so mm. we need to talk about that sure we can do that offline yeah <laughs> totally i'd love to yeah but it's important to me i mean other things that i find like little tips that are really innocuous or like you know i'll ask my clients like well how do you speak to your ex mm-hmm. and they'll be like well you know whatever it's rarely is it nice or mm-hmm. it's sometimes it may not be there may not be any bad language but it's very cold and curt right to Mm -hmm. the point and i said well have you tried saying please and thank you Mm -hmm. and so when i tried that with my 
you know, recent ex, it was very difficult. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, I really don't want to start off this text by saying, hi, how's your day going? You know, like I could give a flying fuck. Yeah. But, um, or please, would you mind? But please, can you drop the children off at 4.30 today? Yeah. Thank you. Like, no, you know? Yeah. And, but I did it. And it's like prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, the transformation in just those two words has been, um, like, like it's not, like, we still have our own issues, like, mm-hmm. but we can get along. We get along and please and thank you is just something that rolls off my tongue now. And Mm. it's not, I don't say it begrudgingly. I actually feel, I feel like I want to be respectful Mm. and I'm getting, you know, for the most part, like me, like it back in return. Mm -hmm. And that is a gift that I never thought was going to happen. For sure. Right. In that relationship. And, um, and so I want, you know, I just want other people to feel that way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I want people to know that they're, they don't have to be trapped in their own bondage of bullshit. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so that's what I'm, that's kind of what I'm working on now. Cool. But it's kind of, it's still, I don't know what the, I have no idea what the road, like there's a hold, there's a, there's a blockage there that yeah. I'm trying to get cleared and I don't know what it is. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to fucking talk to you about it. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Because it's probably around fear. Like, that's usually what it is, right? It's fear of something. Yeah. Right? That's normally when we get caught up. There's some, like, and I don't know, I think about it in terms of, like, a book. Like, the fear of vulnerability can be there, too, right? Especially because I I have a sense that you're going to try to be as honest as you possibly can. Yeah. Right? And in doing that, like, when, when I sat down to write my first book about that like that, it was, I was, I was grateful that I was using when I first wrote it, right? Because I could actually get through it. Yeah. Well, one of those things that I'm actually having quit smoking. Yeah. Because I have lot, lots of content of this book written already. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, I just want to sit and chain smoke while I write this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But that's going to be an interesting thing. It, it is because I'll tell you the truth. Like, I, you know, I used to smoke too. And when yeah. I, like when I wrote, all I did was chain smoke. It's yeah. like a chain smoking. It's like an opportunity to chain smoke. Totally. Yeah. And you don't even notice that you're doing it. It's just like, this is awesome. I'm in the, I'm in my parka yeah. with my computer. It's awesome. It's like minus 20 and I'm going to just smoke my brains out. <laughs> well, see, but back when I smoked, <laughs> I still smoked inside. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like it's a four and a half years ago. Yeah. Four and a half years ago, I quit. So my apartment is just now not smelling like smoke. Are you serious? Uh, it's, it took a long time. Yeah. Well, I'm only seeing like the baby steps of the the benefits of not smoking, but um Oh, just the initial four or five days, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. Like I, I still like I'm just like, okay, I'm still a little bit irritable and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was really shocked at the fact that I was sitting beside somebody having a cigarette with me um today and I didn't even smell the cigarette. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I kind of like that. Like yeah. I, if I can g- just get to the point where I feel quite indifferent about it, I'm still talking about it. So I'm not qu- at all there. Yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> it's pretty new. Totally new. Yeah. Right. And I've always loved smoking and I don't even mm-hmm. know what that's about really. Cause really, do I really love smoking? I used to love it. I do too. Okay. Let's stop talking I know. about it. <laughs> so, but this is my point is, is that you're quitting and you don't even have like because for me, it was reasonably simple. Once I got the reason to quit, I quit. Like yeah. the day of, though. 
like with the surgery, right? It was my doctor saying you might not be able to walk if you if continue to do continue this. Continue to smoke. Well, and isn't that the way we do it, right? Like, and that's kind of been the impetus for me quitting smoking is, you know, somebody else in my life going through, um, you know, stuff that smoking is definitely not making better. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not, we're, we're not, we're, we're not, We're not stupid. stupid. Yeah. We know, right? <laughs> yeah. But but at the same, you know, then I waffle and then I can justify anything. Well, yep. you know, if I'm going to be on this planet, then I'm just going to fucking enjoy every single <laughs> moment of it and do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> That's like my sister alcoholic right there. That's exactly. the true alcoholic. Exactly. If I'm going to be fucking here, I'm going to enjoy it. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But really, is yeah. that, but then, you know, and I think a part of, cause I, I feel on some level too, that I've reached a point of, of, you know, I've kind of doing this lockstep of awareness mm-hmm. and more is revealed all the time. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I know intuitively that smoking is inhibiting me. Mm-hmm. Like I think that it's it's having having an effect on me taking maybe what is a even bigger leap forward into mm-hmm. a, more awareness. It sure could be, right? Yeah, and the, the, I mean we don't get to know until after. I know, right? But you know, like just taking that leap of faith, right? Yeah. And. Um, and hopefully I can do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like hopefully, well, cause I, I think smoking is exactly like drinking. Like I, I don't think I get to have one cigarette in 10 years. Well, maybe, I don't know. Like, and that's the other thing. I don't understand it, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't, but I, I think I, I need to treat it like alcohol mm-hmm. in terms of like, it's going to stalk me, right? Like yeah. I don't get to have the same, um, you know, the same high or whatever that I did when I was, when I first started drinking. I haven't craved a drink in a long time, Yeah, but I still occasionally crave a smoke. Do you? It was the hardest thing, right? It took me 10 years in sobriety to quit. Like, yeah. Yeah. Me time. too. Like, yeah, yeah it'll right? be nine years, right? Yeah. Coming up. So. so it's a bit, it's a hard one, man. Yeah. And I kind of really liked it. Yeah. Well, I really liked the, um, <clears throat> well, I, I quit smoking. I mean, I've quit drinking so I can still smoke. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I did too. I, I loved smoking. It yeah. wasn't until I, I mean, when I quit and then I was able to look back, much like with drinking, where I was able to look back at how bad it got. Because the last year of my smoking, it was almost two packs a day. Yeah. Well, we smoked quite a bit together, I think. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. We burned some mm-hmm. We burned some serious sticks down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's our time? About an hour. Are we at about an hour? Nice, okay. dude. That went fast. It goes by pretty quick. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, no, it's been, um, it's a crazy, crazy trip, but I feel like I just, I think what I, what I know now is that I really don't know anything. Yeah. That's a cool place to be and being okay with not knowing. And being okay with yeah. not knowing, like just knowing that I have one thing to do and that's whatever I'm going to do today mm-hmm. and then really giving it over and... I hope I always feel this way because you know mm. how it does. It's elusive, right? It doesn't always stay, no. right? And and there's stuff that happens in our life. And I and I hope that those those times that are challenging, um, that I will be able to mm. have that strength to see beyond whatever I think is happening to me. Mm-hmm. And right? whatever you think you want that you're not might not be getting, right? Exactly. Yeah. And um, and really try to detach from it because 
or I just know that I'm a good person. Like we're mm-hmm. all good people. We don't want, I, I think at the end of the day, we all want to do what, what is mm-hmm. the right thing to do um, by, for all for all of us involved. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, just keep on going mm-hmm. in that direction, I yeah. guess. And, and, and I'm going to stick, I, I really have fallen back in love with the program again. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just think that it's such a, this, the message is so simple, mm-hmm. right? When, and it's just the perfect roadmap for, mm-hmm. for a really cool life. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, yeah. at the end of the day. And, yeah. um, and now that I'm able to tie it all into the other stuff that I've been, mm-hmm. you know, have, have been seeking and, and, uh, understand to, to be true. It's all, it's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. really. It's really cool stuff though. Like totally. I, I'm, I'm appreciative of your, of your diversions from the 12 step groups. Like I really am. Cause I, I mean, I've been through it myself, but I think most people, that I, that I work with some, well, not most, I shouldn't say that. It's not even like most, it's a percentage of people that I work with that are unable to look past one doctrine or another. So they get stuck on the 12 step doctrine or they get stuck in a whatever doctrine and that dogma dictates what they learn. Right. Exactly. And that's why I struggled with, um, ayahuasca mm-hmm. for instance. Right. And, um, because like, you know, <coughs> I, I, I was, you know, when I first got into the program, I was like, well, you know, you have to quit everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was gray areas because you could be on antidepressants, although some people didn't like that. You know, you had to be pharmaceutical free. Some people didn't like that if you were on anything. <clears throat> Smoking is coffee. Like, mm-hmm. we're all addicted to something. Mm-hmm. It's always, like, we live on this planet. We're all addicted to something, yeah. right? On some level. Alcoholism and drug abuse just shows up at, like, at the uh, at a heightened level because it's the most destructive because it's initially that makes it very observable it's observable right but you know the person that is you know in financial strain because of their shopping addiction Mm -hmm. or you know we can see maybe eating addiction you know we can see that yeah um but it's all this we're all on some sort of on the spectrum Mm -hmm. and um i you know i think i know why i drank um before before I know what it does to me I know that it's a poison and I don't want to drink it and mm-hmm. um and now I feel that way about smoking although I'm kind of like still yeah. like not able to fully wrap my head around it but I have the willingness so I'm going to c- continue to do mm-hmm. it for today right but um really what it came down to and the reason why I felt so comfortable as I said about ayahuasca was because you know, even Bill W. talks in his in his literature about trying stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think was, it's pretty well known that he did LSD. LSD, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so, in in ayahuasca, I mean, when you look at ayahuasca, um, mushrooms, psilocybin, mm-hmm. um, pot to a certain degree, um, anything that's plant based, mm-hmm. like not LSD, but we it all it is derived from the same compound, mm-hmm. right? So, and we, it, which is actually living within us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I, I'm always careful. Like I'm not, I'm, I don't want to justify anything, yeah. but it's, it, but it, for me, it became an, an intention. Like, mm-hmm. why am I doing this? Am I doing it because I don't want to like walk out my door because I don't want to live in reality mm-hmm. or is it, um, you know, and there's a definition of, you know, are things in your life unmanageable because of this behavior? Mm-hmm. Right. And 
so anyway, but for me, I felt comfortable. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I wanted, and I, so I don't, re- I don't regret it at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, some people are like, oh, don't say that in the rooms, yeah. right? I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. Like, no, don't be ashamed because that's fucking crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just feel like. It's... Sorry, I shouldn't say don't be something. But... No, 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 no. I get what you're saying, but I thank you because yeah. I, but I've always been open about my, mm-hmm. my um, alcoholism and my recovery and I, it, within my profession, with my mm-hmm. friends, like I don't shy away from it. And mm-hmm. I respect everybody else's anonymity, of course, and don't, you know, don't want to use the program unintended as the traditions outline, mm-hmm. but um for me, I I find this program, um, the twelve step program, to be something that is that everybody should be doing. Mm-hmm. It's a way of living, and so, um, and it's gonna and it's part of what I talk about in the book, as mm-hmm. you know, because you were, um, were contributing to in, in that respect with respect to, um, you know, really modifying the steps. Mm-hmm to make them relevant for any situation. And mm-hmm. that's what you do with, with your recovery programs as well too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just really think that it's really cool with all of that. But for me, I, I agree, like everybody's journey is different, mm-hmm. you know, and I, you know, somebody was saying the other day, Oh, you know, you, I can't believe she or he is trying non-alcoholic beer because that's a gateway back to drinking. Well, you know, I don't know. Like, is it I, I maybe don't whatever? I don't, I don't fucking know. do it, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. Exactly. Right. right? Yeah. And I have done it and I haven't gone back out. So yeah. I'm not going to get into a debate about Don't. whether or not that what is right for you and what isn't right. Mm-hmm. You know, like the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. It's very plain and simple. Yeah. And, you know, our primary purpose to help the alcoholic who still suffers. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get any simpler than that from a fellowship yeah. perspective in my opinion. And I, I didn't see anything in the traditions that say we have a right to judge other people for what they do. Either. Exactly. There's nothing in the literature about it. that says you have a right to be a judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah, but we are people. We are human beings. And we're prone to that. And yeah. we are prone to it, right? Yeah. And um, so in those situations, you know, it, it is about knowing yourself and it's about... Mm. It's just about being comfortable in your own skin, right? At the end of the day. And it's about saying, you know what? If that's fine, you don't have to agree with Mm me. That's cool. Yeah. I want to tell you that like when you were saying that, that some people would, and and obviously people have their opinions about all kinds of things and it doesn't make a difference. I I actually have mad respect for you for going down and doing that. Like mad respect. And yeah, you're welcome. But I have respect for (gasps) for seekers, right? Mm. And you can't be a seeker and be scared. No. to do new stuff like so it's kind of like the if i if we want our recovery to progress again if we have to keep doing new stuff right and sure we have to build that foundation of the same stuff but sometimes we need an outside catalyst right yeah of some kind to connect you well when you look at when you look at the the why why all of this stuff has been suppressed mm-hmm. From, from, you know, the meme around plant-based medicine mm-hmm. is, um, there's a reason why it's illegal because they don't want us to know. Well, I don't think they want us to be able to make our own medicine. Exactly. Right? And they don't want us to know that we can heal ourselves. They don't mm-hmm. want us to know because all of a sudden their power and profit go right down the drain. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when I know this, you know, I really look at, okay, well, wait a second though, like pot. Okay. Well, is that, or, you know, is, 
you know, these other things that are clearly having an effect, like mm-hmm. alcohol and cigarettes, or could you be like, you know, if you have a depopulation agenda, that is a good way to do it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. right? And so like- Make, alcohol, the, make the harmful shit legal. Like, well, yeah, like even acceptance. like with like fentanyl, for instance, mm-hmm. I was like, well, isn't like that just a bad business model for <laughs> to kill your <laughs> consumer? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, who would Unless, put that out there? Unless, of course, your whole idea is to kill your consumer. If the Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, is it a dark thought? Totally. But sure. when I put all other pieces together, mm-hmm. there is a nefarious agenda out there by some. And so... Um, so I, I want to always remain open and that's, mm-hmm. and that's where it's for me, um, the power of discernment is mm-hmm. so important, um, because it is for me then a, about the feeling test, yeah. right? Cause I can know something, you can tell me something, mm-hmm. but if I get that, you know, the heebie jeebies or that vibe from you that it goes, yeah. okay, you're creeping me out. Then I need to mm-hmm. go with that. Right. And yeah. so my in- intuition, if anything, like, this process has just heightened my intuition mm-hmm. and that's super cool. Yeah. Like I was saying to Mike um, the other day, yesterday, I think I'm like, I want to be like Claire knowing like Claire cognizant. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I've been feeling like this because there's just certain things that I feel like I know mm-hmm. and I don't know how I know it, but that's really what it is. Like there's no evidence for why you know something. You just know it. And I just mm-hmm. know it with, and and I don't even, like, I don't need anybody to medically document it for me or to scientifically document it or prove it or whatever. It's just a knowing. And I mm-hmm. guess it's part of, it's maybe a faith. I don't really know what it is, mm-hmm. but I'm like starting to see s- certain synchronicities in my life. Sounds like faith. It does, doesn't it? It does sound like faith. Yeah. It is kind of faith, right? Yeah. I just know. And mm-hmm. I don't need you to verify it for me. Yeah. And um, so I don't know what that's about, cool. but I'm kind of excited to explore that a little bit mm-hmm. more because I've been, it's been something that's been on my radar for the last couple of years. And, um, and the only way I know how to reach that greater understanding is through prayer meditation mm-hmm. and maybe you know i'm not i'm not going to say that i'm not open to other like maybe it is another ayahuasca trip i don't know maybe if it presents itself like i don't know but i know prayer and meditation are going to be key in mm-hmm. in helping me uncover that right yeah. and wanting to see the um mm-hmm. the synchronicities of of what i'm experiencing and relating it to actually what's happening mm-hmm. I don't know. So, you know, we're taught on this planet to just ignore that whole side of us, right? Like not to go there and not to trust our intuition. And, and you know, my kids make fun of us all the time because, oh, you guys watch shows about aliens and all this stuff. And I think that they're secretly fascinated by what, mm-hmm. what it is that we're learning. But um, I like it. Like I love, I love that. Uh, I finally feel like my, the purpose that I think, I, my purpose is not to have this necessarily like this kick-ass career on mm-hmm. this planet. It's to become closer to knowing. Mm-hmm. I think that's why we're here. Me too. And so I don't know how that looks, mm-hmm. right? And how that manifests. I think it gets to be different for each of us, right? Yeah, exactly. To some like yeah. through your work and ministry, your mm-hmm. your and your um professional mm-hmm. uh, programs as well and in your recovery programs like you're doing yeah. this like you don't have to do this you no. don't have to do this podcast no i and frankly a year ago i wouldn't even have thought of it 
<laughs> so like isn't a, that cool? Super cool. And like, yeah. how, what's your experience been like with this? Like, how much have you learned from this? Oh, I can't even like begin to tell you how much. Like, it's like I learn, I learn more every week, right? Like, there's more that I incorporate into my life every week. Mm-hmm. It's been like, and I knew I would learn more, which is why I wanted to have people on that know more and that mm-hmm. know different things, right? Is because um, I'm incredibly um, embarrassingly a seeker too, mm. right? Like, and I always have been, I just, before I sobered up, my ability to seek was limited. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I was only seeking certain things, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and then oh, on top of those things, I was only seeking philosophies, which backed up those things. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and now through the last few years, but then of course being getting closer and closer to other humans, like I realized just how fucking courageous we are, man. Like how much stuff we do that, because I can, I'm thinking about this from, from just from a general perspective, right. Of like, if you were in a room somewhere, a 12 step fellowship of any kind, and you did share a ayahuasca experience, you'd be fucking outcast. Oh, probably. Right. Like for the most part, you like, people would be like, (gasps) and they'd be like, Oh my God, did you hear? Yeah. Like I'm totally throwing like the whole integrity of the process out, you know, like, yeah. I know. Except you're not, right? Well, I don't think so. But it, it'd be the same though. If you're like, if you say, okay, this person has schizophrenia, you should not take your, your antipsychotics because it inhibits your ability to be sober. But what they're not realizing is when you take away the medication from those individuals who absolutely need the medication yeah. to survive, you now have put everyone at risk. Exactly. Right? Them, Exactly. So exactly. It was never for us to limit what how people find God or find peace, right? Like yeah. I think it's for us to encourage people to seek, you know, and to use all the tools at our disposal. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't think yeah, I, I, I think yeah, I mean I I'll just respect whatever mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm comfortable enough in in my recovery that I don't feel like uh, anybody could have whatever contrary opinion mm. they want. And that's fine. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Like yeah. I don't really care. See. And so I, what I would say is that that experience you had has shaped all kinds of new stuff for you. Right. Oh yeah. And, and probably, and you, you would know this better than me, better than me, but I'm obviously starting to like understand a lot of what you've been, like been through over the last couple of years in terms of that, turning that corner back to AA. Like, what if you were to tell people that, yeah, I went and I did this ayahuasca journey, right? And then I came back to AA because I realized that's where my love was. Well, yeah. Like, I I just feel like it was, uh, I I don't. And I'm only saying, even if that was the only thing that came of it, that's a pretty impressive thing. Well, well, yeah. But for me, all it did was it it just um, brought me closer to my higher power. Mm -hmm. It's not like I abandoned AA. I just stopped going to meetings, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I... Um, and I don't know why I did that. I think it's because I needed to cocoon myself. I don't know for whatever reason I did that. And it wasn't like mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was still dealing with clients. I was still working. I was still interacting with my friends, but I was certainly, I mean, there were days that I would cry for like days on end mm-hmm. and I couldn't stop. And you know what? But I was feeling mm-hmm. like, uh, I hated every second of it, but I was feeling and I needed to do that. Mm -hmm. I just needed, I needed to do that. And that's how it happened. And, but it also, it also, 
it was it was through the seeking where I met Mike mm-hmm. it, and in that relationship where where I felt like I was completely um, alone in the information that I was learning. Mm-hmm he was like doing the exact same thing I was. Mm. And it was like, holy shit, this is like so cool that you just live like in the same kind of community as me. Mm. And we're looking at the same stuff. Like Mm. it was such a, it was amazing. And, but you know, and even, and even understanding my journey through that, like I can get really depressed really quick Mm. learning the stuff that I'm learning. Right. When we look at all of the crap that's going on, like it is depressing. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we've, when really what we've been to is lied to forever mm-hmm. on multiple fronts. And we've swallowed it. Yeah. yeah. And we've just ingested it. And I say that in my book, like we've ingested the bullshit and we don't even, we haven't even, um, we don't even question it anymore, mm. but it's changing. Mm-hmm. It is changing and I can see that I can see, you know, with the yellow jacket movements mm-hmm. and I can see stuff in the um, non mainstream media, which is what I get almost all my information from mm-hmm. um, these days is, you know, I see that it is changing and I see the good in people. Mm-hmm. I really believe that there are more people that are good on this planet than are out to to eradicate us yeah. and and I believe that we can choose our own life uh, our timeline and I think that we have multiple timelines that depending on where we go like there's you know if we maintain the consciousness of doom and gloom mm-hmm. that's probably where we're going to go mm-hmm. right but if we can maintain a consciousness of love and forgiveness and you know of sharing and you know all of those good things where we, we we're really like the 99% of us step up. We really do step up mm. for other people. That's true. And yeah. um, even if it's in your own small circle. Mm. And um, so I think that that consciousness, we can we can choose a timeline where we don't have to worry about the doom and gloom. But we're, our society is, an, is not unlike an alcoholic. Like we're i think i think it might have to get worse before it gets better Mm -hmm. it's quite possible well quite probable i should say exactly right and and so from the from the teachings that i'm that i'm studying now and it's about you know people say well what can i do and and the answers that i get are and i give are well we can raise our consciousness Mm -hmm. So we can be better. It is it is a one person, um, you know, one person can change the effect mm-hmm. um, just by raising our own vibration, and um, and it's not woo woo. It's it's just we are all energy, and if we can maintain that consciousness of wanting to always be better, which is what the program of Alcoholics Anonymous teaches us, is mm-hmm. progress, not perfection. Um, towards a spiritual enlightenment, um, which is about love and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Like it's really simple. Um, but you know, there's a re, you know, but we can't, you know, one of my friends was like, well, Catherine, you're like, no wonder you're fucking depressed. Like you're looking at all this shit and doom and gloom. And I'm like, we could be like those kids in Syria and Yemen and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what do you stop watching that shit? And I'm like, well, you can't not watch this. Like you can't not learn mm-hmm. about what's going on. Like, and not, and not because, you know, she doesn't want to know about mm-hmm. this. It's just yeah. that, okay, but for my own well-being, how much 
time am I going to invest into this? Mm -hmm. But for me, I, I just need to know. Mm -hmm. I always need to know more. Mm -hmm. I want to know more and, and give me enough credit so I can discern whether or not that will have an impact on me. Right. I can choose for it not to. Yeah. And the best way to become discerning about something is to learn about it. Is to learn about it. Exactly. And not everything I hear is like, oh yeah, okay. But I, I, unless you can tell me definitively that something Mm -hmm. isn't the case, it possibly could be. Yeah, it's true. And so that's how I've looked at everything and whether it's medicine or science or whatever, Mm -hmm. like God for certain, for certain, Mm -hmm. unless you can tell me for sure that something is not than it possibly could be. Absolutely. If there, if it's possible, it's possible. Exactly. And yeah. that's cool. It's fucking super cool. I love it. Yeah. You know? And so I, I'm really kind of excited um, from the information that I have. Like, I'm hoping that we'll get more progress in our lifetime. Like, I'd love to see in my lifetime a little bit more of a shift, mm-hmm. right, in society. Um, but I think maybe part of the reason why I'm here is just to help people digest the information once they become aware because i've gone you know even now in my small circle of friends when i start going you know all tin foil hattie um (laughs) you know they roll their eyes and whatever and and i just keep when we talk and mike and i talk and talk and talk and and but even so like as some of it drips out into mainstream Mm -hmm. um it's the like holy shit it's the holy shit factor like wow this is big and mm-hmm. really is is this true like is you know and and so having gone through that before we were like yeah okay now so how do we deal with this okay mm-hmm. well accepting okay well we can choose differently now we can behave differently now mm-hmm. and that and that's really what the program of recovery and my journey in recovery has taught me yeah and Learning i'm looking better. forward to more like yeah. i don't know like there's so much more that i you know anxiety i need to get rid of mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you. Like, you there's know? always more. Yeah, there's yeah. so much more, and and the and like like we agreed, the not knowing is mm-hmm. the and getting comfortable in that is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, and as long as we're seeking, we're seeking. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, where? How about you? Like, how is like? I mean, you've had lots of changes mm-hmm. in your life. Um, you know, changing locations mm-hmm. and being in this new location and. Yeah. Like it all comes like every every new experience is a different opportunity yeah. for learning. There more. was a huge shift coming up here from downtown. Like there was like a huge shift in my psyche. Like um, part of it was I think I've told the story on the podcast before, but so I won't get into details yeah. before everybody. But the, there's a flag here. They fly the rainbow flag, right? Because they're affirming, right? So yeah. to me, that was like a ray of light. Yeah. When I walked up, and I was like, oh, thank God, I yeah. don't have to deal with these archaic ideas about shit anymore yeah of course still in a church so there are some (laughs) archaic ideas but you know what the people in this church are just different cool not all of course because there's always going to be the same old church people that are just like judgmental and wagon sticks and yeah yeah. you know trying to get people to stop having premarital sex and you know homosexuality is a sin and all that bullshit right so there are still people like that around yeah but they're not the they're not the main anymore. Yeah, not here, right? Like there, it's not the backbone where you feel like you're fighting every time you go to church. Yeah, right. Where you're starting to feel like you have to 
cater what you're talking about for these simple-minded simpletons that are sitting around you expecting the same bullshit regurgitated over and over and but over. But isn't it again. nice too, like the the surrender that you've probably gone through with that, mm-hmm. right? Like in just not giving a fuck. Like who care? Who cares? Totally. Like you can think whatever you want to think. It doesn't make me any less of a person mm-hmm. or you any better. Nope. And the the good thing is though, when you don't have to work around people who are constantly trying to make it a bad thing. Right. When you're not, when you're not being told that it's wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And indirectly told, because obviously nobody walked up to my face and said, you're an idiot or this is wrong. Of course not. Punch them in the neck. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm not mature enough not to punch them in the neck yet. Yeah. I'm learning. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Where, you know, it's baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah. Sometimes you got to punch a bitch in the neck. <laughs> Sometimes you do. Especially when the dude walks up and says something that they don't, they shouldn't say. Yeah. 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 You know, there's, it's funny you say that because I'm dealing with some clients right now and that, you know, um, they're talking about, well, you know, I'm afraid to go back to the house because mm-hmm. he's done this, blah, blah, blah. And, but I'm afraid to call the cops because I don't want to give, you know, I don't uh, give him have a record or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm like, wait a second. He's bringing this on himself. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not forget this. Like, you know, this yeah, you're is not abuse. giving him a record. You're not giving him anything, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're afraid to be in his presence, mm-hmm. There's a, that's a responsible, like he needs to take responsibility for that action. And, but it's, it's this, it's, it's how we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt that way too. I mean, I've had my, my, um, um, struggles in abusive relationships mm-hmm. and certainly like, you know, I'll never forget when I, you know, I'd gone through something and somebody said to me, well, are you done? Mm-hmm. Are you done yet? And I'm like, Okay. And you know, and and in that instance, it was like the outcome wasn't like the Hollywood, like you're going to jail, but it did set, it Mm -hmm. did change the dynamic of that relationship. For sure it did. And it was like, no, this is not acceptable anymore. And, um, you know, you know, don't get, I know anyway, it wasn't acceptable. And, and I realized that it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the biggest thing for people who are yeah. in that, in that state. And, but you know, we, people need to be account held accountable for their own shit. Yeah. Right. And, but we, we tend to take it on way too much that it's something that we have, mm-hmm. we don't want to bestow upon them a criminal record. Well, I'm sorry they shouldn't be doing what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. I didn't, I don't want to charge or I don't want to get, I don't want to make it worse. I don't want to do those things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When really all that makes it worse for is the person who's being an asshole. Right. And I mean, for the abuser, right. It makes it way worse for the abuser because you're no longer taking the abuse. Yeah. Obviously that makes the abuser mad. (laughs) Yeah. And you're not protected. I mean, I see in in this field as well, like people abuse it for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, and people making false accusations. I would imagine you get that a lot. Yeah. And, and those, those are really hard for me to, because the injustice is, um, you know, I mean, I always say like the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? Because mm-hmm. we all have our own perception of what we believe to be true. True. And two people have our own can have different truths, um, which is really kind of a trippy concept in and Especially of Especially if they're in the same situation. Exactly, yeah. right? Um, but it's so cool. But mm-hmm. I mean, but anyway, um, there are people who do abuse that, mm-hmm. abuse that, and and make. But, you know, they do things out of fear, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, 
you know, anyway, it's just super cool. Like I love, I love what I do for the fact that, you know, it's very challenging for me to detach, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I've just seen my story play out Mm -hmm. on so many circumstances. Well, you must, so you must have like incredible gifts to pass on to people though, because you've been through it, right? I think so. And I'm not, and I'm, and I'm very candid about it Mm -hmm. and, um, with my clients and I'll tell them like all about my recovery or, or it's like, I don't know. I just feel like we're all just people. We're all mm-hmm. just trying to figure this life out together. Yeah. Right. And that's the truth, you know? And like, I, I just want, I want people to be happy. Yeah. I want to be happy at the end of the day. I just mm-hmm. want to be happy. Right. Yeah. And, um, so there we go. Cool. Yeah. So all of you out there, Try to be happy. Just be happy. Yeah. Just chill the <laughs> fuck out. <laughs> we should just cancel it after Catherine says, just be happy. Just be happy. That's a pretty good way to end it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Just be happy. Cool. Thanks for coming. Thanks, David. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Yeah. I've enjoyed it lots. Thanks. Me too. Thanks. We would like to remind you that the opinions shared are those of the individuals and not representative of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other affiliation we may share with organizations or individuals. Thank you, Wild Rose United Church, for your open-hearted giving to the community at large in a multitude of ways. You have graciously provided space and love for us to work within, and we cannot thank the staff, volunteers, and members of the church enough for all that they do each and every day. Thank you again, Darcy Robinson. As usual, your work is incredible. Thanks for donating it to us. I am not here without each of our board of directors, Trent Baker, Todd Deer, Christine Pimiskern, Heather Morijo, Wayne Lurie, and John James. To all of the individuals who graciously donate their money and time to helping Freedom's Path become a society and now a charity, thank you. Who is Freedom's Path? We work directly with individuals and families struggling and suffering from, with addiction of all types, mental illness, codependency, and a multitude of difficulties humans bring forward as they attempt to make life-altering changes. If you are interested in attending our upcoming or future groups, being a guest on the podcast, or looking to make a donation or help in some other way, please contact us through our website, www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca, or find us on Facebook at Freedoms Path Recovery Society. If you are close to giving up, regardless of what your difficulty might be, please reach out to someone. You can always give up tomorrow, or maybe you won't have to. To anyone listening, imagine that your voice might be the only one someone hears inside their darkness. What is it you would like to say? As for me, I'm David Lurie, and I wish you all the best, wherever you are. Be safe and try to have some fun, because our time here is quite limited after all.